Today's show brought to you by Redcon1.com. That's right. Click the link at the bottom of the podcast app in which you are listening to this on. Check them out. Use promo code T20Cordimus. That's right. Redcon1.com. There's nothing special about being American. None of you can define for me what an American is. I am the nation. I was born on July 4th, 1776, and the Declaration of Independence is my birth certificate. The bloodlines of the world run in my veins because I offered freedom to the oppressed. I am many things and many people. I am the nation. I am 200 million living souls and the ghost of millions who have lived and died for me. I am Nathan Hale and Paul Revere. I stood at Lexington and fired the shot heard around the world. I'm Washington, Jefferson, Patrick Henry. I'm John Paul Jones, the Green Mountain Boy, David Crockett. Coming to you from the D-Tom Studios in the free state of Florida, sponsored by Maker's Mark Bourbon, this is Don't Tread on America. John Kill, how's everybody doing that today? It is Monday, February 13, 2023. All right. <laughs> That's my old 1980s uh, radio voice there. How's it going out there? Partly cloudy with a chance of rain. High of 75. It's bumper to bumper on I 4. I do not know how in the heck I am possibly this energetic. I I am super, super tired. I got five hours of sleep last night. I was up at 10 o'clock. Worked about 12 hours. I wasn't going to do a show. But there's just too much going on. I could not, not do a show. So, a couple things real quick song really grows on you but real quick all right so um a couple things i want to get into before we get into the show uh let's not forget about our other sponsor to the show that's christian lawson watches check them out at christianlawson.com use promo code dtom at checkout and get 30 percent off your purchase price that's three zero percentile off your purchase price christianlawson.com check them out promo code dtom all right um so real quick super bowl last night didn't give a shit Eagles lost, I guess. Chiefs won. I don't know. I was in bed at like 20 after 4, so um, I guess it was controversial, maybe, depending on what side of the the ball you were on. Um, If you guys are a part of our new YouTube page, Beards, Bourbon, and Banter, uh, you'll see that uh, we did do our prediction on the game via Bourbon. We let the bourbon decide. So go check that out at Beards, Bourbon, and Banter to see if we were right or what we thought about the game. I don't want to give you a spoiler, so you go check it out there on the YouTube, Beards, Bourbon, and Banter. But I will say this about the game last night. I think the best thing 
that I saw as far as looking at highlights and whatnot of the game uh, from beginning to end. This had to be the best part of the show. I'll tell you what, if that doesn't make you feel some sort of way, that was heavy. So anyway, best part of the show last night for sure. So on for our show for today. (laughs) Yeah, like I said, I don't, you know, with the job I have, it's real hard for me to stay up and watch Super Bowl. Um, A couple years ago, the Bucks were in it, which is my team and still same thing. Uh, unfortunately, the job I do, I have no choice. So it is what it is. Anywho, so my question is, and I and I ended the last show with, um, is the next pan- pandemic already here? We still hear, um, you know, politicians and presidents and the who and the what and the Fauci's and the whatever still talking about COVID and I think we can all agree that COVID pretty much was just another version of the flu now for those of you that are listening to this that have had loved ones get seriously ill or maybe even pass away from this this is no offense I'm not saying COVID wasn't real what I'm saying is they hyped it up to scare everybody and and basically this is this is what I have wrote down here so just just work with me here. And this this is uh, the title of this show. I'm going to call it The Next Pandemic and World War III 
has already started. Um, real quick, we we never know what a world war one two whatever is until it's already been done. When World War One and World War Two started, and we're in the midst of being what they were, they didn't call it World War One. I. I think the first one was the Great War, and the second one was the War, the uh, War of which all wars will be fought, or something like that. I can't remember. Um, and it's the same thing. Every and since World War Two, we've had conflicts and situations throughout the world, throughout time, Korea, Vietnam. Uh, you know, Desert Storm, uh, those things that could have led into a possible quote-unquote World War Three. But, you know, why America and this government has invested heavily into the Ukraine-Russia war, we have been letting China attack us from within. I'm trying to get this music just right, just not too loud, not too, not too soft. <laughs> and I think this was the play from the beginning. Notice, you know, as soon as Trump was out of office, the Russians started poking around in the Ukraine. None of this was going on while Trump was here. I'm not saying Trump was the great stopper, but there's, there's got to be more to that story. In 2014, we've talked about this time and time again. Russia went in and took Crimea. Who was president in 14? Obama, right? Who was vice president? Biden. What happened between 14 and 16, Trump get, uh, takes office in 16, or, you know, 17, technically, January, um, nothing. And then as soon as he's out of office, a year later, they go back into Ukraine? I mean, what's up with that? Oh, uh, Trump, he was a Russian stooge, he was this. Well, if that was the case, then that shit would have happened right after he was in office. It wouldn't have taken five years. But, um, you know, knowing that we would get involved, why? It's because Russia, right? Evil Russia. That's why. In the meantime, we as Americans, whether it be the citizens or the government, allow China to invade us with the scary COVID virus. Now, possibly by news manipulation, making it seem much worse than it obviously was. Knowing some of our government officials were on their team. We would do what the federal and most state governments did. By doing that, it caused great hardships in this country. And with that hardship, it allowed covert Chinese companies to come in and put huge price tags on real estate and farmland. With people out of work and financially struggling, those huge price tags seem great. Plus, you know, most of these companies were paying cash. So the hardship, and in some cases, the greed of Americans, um, paid dividends to the Chinese. While our government locked down this country, it ruined a lot of this country's work ethic, especially in a lot of the younger Americans. And we looked for the big payout. Now, this isn't... I'm not bashing the people that did what they did. I mean, I guess I kind of am. Because, I mean, realistically, these farmers and just people in general, look look in your neighborhood, wherever you might live. And, I, and this might go for anybody listening to the show around the world. How is real estate working in your area? 
How many homes have you seen people just sell their homes? How many times have, and this isn't a new thing, that we've seen these, we buy ugly houses or we pay cash for houses or, you know, and how many times you might even have a friend that sold their house for whatever reason. Maybe they were moving and they sold their house and it wasn't necessarily another couple that bought their house, but it was a realtor that bought their house. And not so much a realtor like Bob and Patty's realtor, you know, but it was like a, a company, really realtor company. And maybe that company was backed by Black BlackRock or Open Door or uh, Redfin. Was it Redfin, I think? Um, those companies, a lot of those companies are backed by Chinese money. So you have to ask yourself, why? <laughs> why? Now, initially, when... You, you would see these realtors buying up houses. Um, it, it, to me, it harkened back to the whole WEF and Klaus Schwab. Um, you'll own nothing and like it. Um, but <laughs> I'm here to tell you right now. I mean, I, and like I said, I'm just speaking for myself in this area where I live in Florida. And I know in other places in Florida and other places in this country, rent's a lot higher than it is around here. But rent around here where I live is the highest I've ever seen. And it's, it's rare. It's a rarity nowadays. And I wouldn't say nowadays because interest rates and whatnot, you can't even buy a house at a decent mortgage rate. But um, it used to be you rented because you couldn't afford <laughs> to buy a house. Now it's almost like it's better to buy a house not right now because like i said mortgage rates and whatnot but like our our mortgage on our house is half of what a lot of people are paying in rent for a house smaller than what we live in not that we live in a tiny house but for example there's a there's a house right across the street from ours smaller house and when it went up for sale i think it was either before COVID or, COVID or as COVID was kind of starting. Somewhere around there. They um, they asked a crazy price for the house. And I was like, there's no way the house you know, needed a lot of work inside. It was an older couple that lived there. They didn't really take care of it. Not that it was a shambles, but it like needed carpet. It needed paint. It needed, you know. Um, realtor company bought it. To, to you know they cleaned it up did a little work on it and then rented it you know put it up for rent and the price they were asking for it my fear was that it was going to because it has a pool and everything my fear was that it was going to be uh like three younger people or younger couples or whatever that like would jump in there and like split the rent three ways and okay now it's only 300 or 700 bucks a piece because it was like 2100 dollars a month I was like, what the fuck? That's insane. That's twice over twice what we're paying from our mortgage. You know? And they rent it out, and people still live in there. Same people, and they're a nice couple. It's not like there's an issue there or whatever. But still, I never thought that that would ever happen. And this was before stuff went, you know, started going crazy. And I'm just giving you that one example of that house across the street. That's not to say that that company because I think the realtor company that bought it was a is a private is a mom and pop essentially 
realtor company that just gets into buying houses and renting them. Um, but you know, China, we've we've known this that they're buying up American farms and they're buying up property around um, military bases around the country. You know, we have a push to drain China's influence from the U.S. economy. And it's reached now our Americans' farms, our America farms. As congressional lawmakers from both parties are looking to, at measures to crack down on foreign purchases of prime agricultural real estate, House lawmakers recently advanced legislation into that effect, warning that Chinese presence in American food system poses a national security risk. And a key Senate lawmaker have already shown interest in efforts to keep American farms in American hands. But here's the problem. It's already happening. Now, granted, they don't own all the farms, but they own a nice chunk. And, um, you know, I think the biggest question is, <laughs> they, they're buying up our, for example, Smithfield Foods. Okay, they make uh, pork roast and, and bacon and, and stuff like that. Who owns that? Chinese. And as of uh, 2020, Chinese owned about 192,000 agricultural acres in the U.S., worth about $1.9 billion. And a lot of that land is used for farming, ranching, and forestry. Um... And it's, and it's not even just China. I mean, that is the major concern. But we have countries, or, you know, people from countries, I should say, like Canada and European countries, which account for millions of acres each. And although it may only be a small percentage of the nearly 900 million acres of total American farmland, it's, it's a trend increasing purchases and the buyer's potential connections to the Chinese government that have lawmakers spooked. So, I think the issue is here. You have a situation of, far let's just take farming in the Midwest, for example. You have some of these farms that have been, that have been in the, you know, in people's families for, you know, generations. And I think it's a situation, let's say, your, you know, great-great-granddad, you know, started this farm back in the uh, late, you know, the early 1900s, okay? And then he's farming the land, doing this thing, has a couple kids, whatever, has a boy, teaches the boy, this is how we do it, we're farming for, you know, we're doing corn, whatever, just make it simple, we're doing corn. We have, you know, a couple hundred acres of corn, and we sell corn, and we do corn, and yada, yada, yada. So, then that kid has a kid... But I think as each, we, as we know, and if you guys are about my age and you have kids, you understand that <laughs> for whatever reason, as these kids, as generations turn, these kids seem to get a little bit lazier than their parents. So, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, it was like my grandparents, my grandfather was always, you know, you guys don't have a clue what it was like back in the day, blah, blah, blah. Okay. You're right, I don't, because, you know, I'm not from that time. And I find myself 
doing the same thing. And um, you got to wonder, I mean, farming is not easy. You know, I, I try to do, you know, a garden here and it takes a lot of work. And I'm not talking about a, a farm. I'm talking about just a little couple. OK, I'm going to grow this. I'm going to grow that. Um, granted, having a job and and other things, it's kind of hard to focus on that. I, you know, I'm not saying that if farming was my life, it would be easy. I'm not saying that. But what I'm what I'm saying is it's work like it's legit work and as time has passed and technology has grown although the farming aspect with even with technology has gotten quote-unquote easier um where i'm going with the technology aspects and it makes everybody lazy kids and even some adults you know with the ipads and the iphones and the androids and the facebooks and all the stuff we've gotten lazier as a, as a group, you know, and I, and this is probably a worldwide thing, but, um, you know, we've asked these questions since we've done this show, um, about Bill Gates buying a far land. You're like, why? Well, you know, he's part of the beyond meat situation. And is he trying to eliminate cattle farms? So people have to buy the beyond meat and so on and so forth. And maybe, but you know, he is not the only one doing this. We also have China, right? So, you know, as I would just said, you know, they bought up, they've bought, um, what, what was that? 192,000 acres, right? So how much U.S. land has China bought and why? So we talked about this. China has spent $6.1 billion on the housing in U.S., making it America's top foreign buyer the um buying gorge went from april of 21 to march of 22 and lawmakers are noticing um one thing that makes foreign buyers competitive in the u.s real real estate market is the fact that the overwhelming amount of them pay cash the report by the national association national association of realtors read Due to rising interest rates, overall home sales will decline in the U.S. this year. Foreign buyers, however, are likely to step up purchases, and those making all-cash offers will be immune from the changes in interest rates. So we've seen situations and we've had conversations where it's not a buyer's market, it's not a seller's market, because the interest rates are so high right now, you would be crazy, because around here at least in florida home prices have skyrocketed because everybody wants to move to florida and the interest rates have also skyrocketed so it's like how in the people how in the hell are people selling these houses well it's because it's these situations where chinese and indonesia um, india and some of the other countries canada um, mexico some investors in these other countries are buying have companies that are buying this real estate. And, um, you know, when it comes to buyers from China, 58% of the buyers made all cash purchases. So if you're selling your home, and let's say your home, you're, you're asking 350000 for your home. And let's say it's even over market value. But, you know, you got this company coming in, and it's not necessarily going to be a... It might be a Chinese company, but it might not appear... To be a Chinese company, if you if you understand what I'm saying there, and they might offer you 350 cash, 
Well, shit, yeah, you're going to take that. And most people aren't asking the why. Like, if you're legitimately selling your house. I mean, for how many how many of you guys have gotten phone calls or text messages? Just random, random phone call. Hey, we're interested in buying your house. You know, I'm a smartass. I'm like, okay, I need a million for it. Click. I hang up on me. Well, of course. You know, I mean, but in all honesty, if they're like, cool, we'll give you a million for it. Would I blink an eye at that? No, but really, I should be asking the question, why? Why would you overpay? And I'm not saying someone would pay me a million dollars for this house, but even if it's 20, 30, 50,000 more than what the value of this house is, no one's asking the why. They're just like, fuck yeah, I'll take that money. But why? So, um, <clears throat> 57% of Chinese purchases were for urban homes, and 29% of them were in suburban neighborhoods. Um, buyers from China also include Taiwan, the People's Republic of China, and Hong Kong. The purchasing includes farmland in addition to residential homes. A Q&A done with uh, U.S. Senator Chuck Grassley revealed an estimated number of how much land China has acquired. The report said the China ownership, what I just told you a little bit ago, of U.S. land was around 192,000 acres, a turn at the turn of the century. Foreign, foreign ownership of U.S. land in general is over 35.2 million acres. China's main concern seems to be the food supply given farmland it has acquired. China's land purchases raise concerns about national security and espionage reported the Chinese Chinese shit reported that China bought 300 acres of land in Grand Forks North Dakota the purchase was made through a Chinese manufacturer uh Fufang Group <laughs> uh the purchase didn't turn heads until lawmakers saw how close the land was to Grand Forks Air Force Base Officials are wondering if this could be a national security security issue. The land parcel is about 20 minutes from the Air Force Base. Uh, Fu Fang Group plans to set up a milling plant, but North Dakota senators worry if this will lead to espionage. Senators told CNBC that the Air Force Base handles the backbone of all U.S. military communications across the globe. Um, Gary Bridgeford sold this parcel to China and said he has been threatened for his decision. He said, I've been called every name in the book for selling the property. Bridgeford claim that he doesn't see how China could gain any intelligence given that the land is, isn't next door to the base. He felt the concern was backwards, saying, but everyone has a phone in their pocket that was made in China. Where do you draw the line? Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has a, a bone to pick with China's new purchase of the land, uh, many of which have been in Florida. DeSantis told Yahoo Finance, that his biggest concern with China is that their company's business dealings within the U.S. Are, uh, aren't always transparent, and their influence is a huge problem for him. Chinese presence in the uh, in Chinese China's presence <laughs> continues to grow. The FBI. I'm reading this word for word, and I swear to God, it's like they didn't. I'm not a professional editor, but there's words that like I'm going to read this how it's written. China's presence in continues to China's presence in continues to grow what the fuck that that when I'm reading this as they wrote write it it throws me off 
I would assume that should say China's presence continues to grow. There should be no in, but whatever. <laughs> the FBI sat down with CNN for an exclusive, um, exclusive regarding concerns that China could disrupt U.S. nuclear arsenals and its communications. Okay, so before I go on, actually, I think that might be the end of the story. So this was back in 1946, this article was written. No, when was it wrote? I think it was 22. Now, the reason I'm bringing this article up, if I could find a date, where are we at? Yeah, July 22. Now, the reason I'm bringing this up is this. Okay. Why is China buying this land? Why is China buying land near Air Force bases? Now, the gentleman that sold this particular plot of land was being called names and saying whatever. And his argument was like, it's not like it's next door to the Air Force base. Okay, but think about it. Now, flash forward to February <laughs> of 2023. Hey, we're in February of 2023. Exactly. This was July of last year. So you're only talking six, seven, eight, nine months ago that all this, not all this, but this particular purchase took place. Um, what has happened since then? Now, this North Dakota situation isn't is, is an example of why we should be mindful. This is just one example of land that a Chinese company built or bought close to a, a uh, military base of some sort. My question is this. With recent developments we've seen between balloons and objects in the sky, who's to say that these land purchases in these obscure areas, North Dakota, Montana, Idaho, by these Chinese companies aren't to, you know, we talk about espionage and spying and whatnot. And then the guy's arguments, well, it's not next to the uh, Air Force Base. It doesn't necessarily need, if you're going to launch, if you're going to, not even so much launch, but if you're going to float something into the atmosphere, you don't necessarily need to be next to it. So this Chinese weather balloon, quote unquote, granted it was spotted in uh, Alaska and it's made its way through Canada into Montana and out through South, uh, South Carolina. In the meantime, during this whole crusade of this, this uh, balloon, we heard of other balloons. And then since then, We've had these quote-unquote objects in Alaska and over Lake Huron and uh, in Canada, right? That have been shot down now. We just shoot them down. We don't even ask questions. What if... I'm just asking a question. These Chinese companies that are buying this farmland are launching these things for surveillance, or for other things. And what are those other things? Okay, so we go into what the next pandemic, okay? And no one's really talking about this. Right now we're so focused on UFOs or UAPs or whatever they're calling them, objects, right? I've said this time and time again. When every single news agency no matter what it is or who it is, Fox, CNN, whatever, 
if they're all talking about the same thing, you have to ask yourself what else is going on. There's a few things. Have you heard much about the chemical spill from the train wreck in, in Ohio? Probably not. You probably heard about it when it initially happened. That was a week and a half ago. Have you heard updates? No. Why? I saw today Jeffrey's Epst <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein's client list is supposed to be released sometime this week. Did you know that? And then you have the bird flu. We talk about chicken shortages and egg shortages. So, you know, is the bird flu going to be the next pandemic? Now you can sit here and ask, well, it's a bird flu. It has nothing to do with humans, doesn't it? So the H5N1 virus, also known as bird flu, typically does not infect humans. But recent reports of mammal-to-mammal -mammal transmission in minks have, have health experts concerned that the virus may eventually have the potential to spread to humans and trigger another pandemic. I flash forward to June of 21, or actually back up to June of 21, China sees first human case of rare, rare H10N3 strain. 41-year-old Chinese man has been confirmed as the first human case of infection with a rare bird flu strain. Okay. Um, China, Chinese man, China buying up land, China's balloons. What if these aren't spy balloons? What if these are balloons releasing something into our atmosphere? Or what if these Chinese land purchases of, of farmlands uh, somehow or another they're not trying to spread something through the farmlands, through these uh, chicken farms, through these... I mean, we talk about chicken shortages. We talk about egg shortages. We talk about the, these are things that this virus will affect. But also, if you consume a bird that possibly has this, can it then be trans... Why is it able to be transmiss transmissible in minks? Is it because minks eat chickens? Or it's not even got to be chickens. It could be birds, period. It's, it's a bird flu. It's not necessarily chicken flu. Um, so, according to MedPage Today, the current H5N1 outbreak has become one of the largest and longest avian flu outbreaks in history. So far, almost 50 million wild and domestic birds in the United States have been culled or killed. And another 50 million have been culled or killed in Europe due to the virus. Aside from birds, the virus has also infected other animals such as bears, foxes, skunks, raccoons, and more. Now, that has to be, I'm assuming, I'm not a scientist, I did stay at a, ho at a, a Holiday Inn. But I would only have to assume that if a bear, a fox, a skunk, a raccoon, if those animals have also been infected, is it possibly because there's a bird that has the flu, has this avian flu, dies, the bear, raccoon, skunk, whatever, eats it, then infects the bear, the whatever. Is that possible? It is possible. Now, let me bring it back to hunters. Let's say you're out hunting and you're hunting fox. I don't know that you hunt skunks or raccoons. That'd be nasty. And you 
hunt bears, but that's more for sport, not so, so much for food. But you kill an animal, and maybe that animal was infected by a bird it ate. Or if the avian flu is transmissible through some other means, not necessarily birds or bears or whatever, but if uh, these Chinese weather balloons... I mean, when we talk about World War III, when we talk about war in general, we automatically think of World War I, World War II, you know, Vietnam, Korea, Desert Storm, or even the thing, you know, stuff that's going on in Ukraine. And you think tanks and bombs and planes and helicopters and missiles, and you think of all that. But if we go to war with China, it's not necessarily going to be all about that. I'm not saying that tanks and planes and missiles and shit like that won't be involved. But China is, I don't want to say better than that. They're more devious than that, I guess is a better word. So who's to say they're not already trying to poison us from within? Our water streams are, you know, you pollute the animals, you pollute the birds, you pollute the, (laughs) you're cutting off our food supplies. And it's not so bad right now because we're still able to get eggs and chicken and whatever. But at what cost? But eventually, that's going to catch up. See, in this country, so used to inflation happening and then going away. That when inflation hits, we just automatically assume it's going to go away. But what if it only goes away because now there is no chicken to buy? There is no eggs to buy. There is no gallons, five, six dollar gallons of milk to buy because the cows aren't producing. Do you understand what I'm saying? We, as Americans, are our own worst enemy. Now, what do I mean by that? We've allowed foreign entities to just enter this country and we try to be everybody's friends. We try to be everyone's police. And we try to be involved in everyone's life. And I'm not just talking about in this country. I'm just talking about around the world. We try to be whatever. And there's a lot of countries that hate us. Okay? A lot of countries that hate us. Why? Why do all those countries hate us? Now, we've only been a, we've only been a country for, what, 250 years, roughly? Of those 250 years, we've seen... We've been involved in some sort of conflict for almost 200 of those years, whether it be internal, like, you know, like the Civil War, or external, Revolutionary, 1812, World War I, II, you know, so on and so forth. We've been directly involved in some sort of war or conflict for almost 200 years of our existence, and we haven't even been a country for 250 years. That's why everyone hates us. So when you have these countries, and we're talking about China, but it's not just China that's coming in here and buying up land. And we just allow it to happen. And it's like, if you go, as you as an American, let's say you have a billion dollars. I doubt anyone listening to the show has a billion dollars, but let's just assume you do. 
and you want to go to China and buy some land, see what happens. Go to Mexico and buy some land, see what happens. You might have eager sellers. That doesn't mean you're going to be able to buy it. Because only in America do we have that kind of uh, system where anybody can buy anything as long as you have the money. Right? And, and we just allow it to happen. And then what happens is we have articles like this that pop up after four or five, you know, ten years into the situation where China owns 192,000 <laughs> acreage and they're buying uh, land near uh, military bases and they're, you know, whatever. Now, <laughs> and no one's, no one's even thinking twice about it. And in the meantime, we have this bird flu. Now, the bird flu isn't new. You've probably heard of the bird flu. You've probably heard of the avian, avian flu. You've heard of the fl that flu. But it's, like I just read, it's been around. Um, and now, in China, it's, it's already been infected into a human. So, you know, what is the bird flu and how deadly is it? So, the bird flu is an infectious disease of poultry and wild birds that has been around for a century it usually flares up in the autumn before fading away in the spring and the summer. It origin originated among ducks in Europe and Asia and spread to other birds. Um, the H5N1 virus, which is the most pro prevalent strain, um, was first reported in China in 1996. It could spread through entire flocks of domestic birds within a matter of days, through birds' droppings and saliva, or through contaminated feed and water so <clears throat> the, the uh, World Organization of Animal Health has recorded almost 42 million indiv individual cases in domestic and wild birds since outbreak began in October 21 almost 15 million domestic birds including poultry have died from the disease and more than 193 million have been culled in some European countries led to egg shortages and shops <laughs> So, what's so unusual about this outbreak? More wild birds than ever have been killed by this outbreak, with seabirds being especially hit hard. The current virus has affected 80 different bird species, and uh, more than 40% of the skua population in Scotland, and thousands of Dal Dalmatian, I think that's right, Dalmatian pe uh, pelicans in Greece have also died. Scientists are unsure why this outbreak is so much worse than others. It may be that the virus has min, uh, mutated to enable to spread more uh, readily from bird to bird or to hang around longer in the environment. I think the situation is, especially in the wild, you have a bird that gets this. And if it's a... Uh, birds usually just don't hang out by themselves. So you have a bird that's decaying and rotting and maybe... A, like the article said, infecting the water, infecting the, the ground around you. And then where it happens, where a bear or whatever comes up and eats that bird and so on and so forth. As the, as the virus has now infected many wild bird species, it becomes unlikely that it will disappear again from the bird population. So what is being done to tackle the outbreak? China has been vaccinating its domestic poultry flocks. However, other countries avoid this because it's hard to judge which birds have been 
made immune and which have not. And so the meat and eggs from the vaccinated flocks cannot be sold abroad. So it's a situation of a lot of... Isn't it interesting how a lot of these diseases of whatever kind start in China? Now, China, obviously, is the most populated country in the world. I get it. But is it a situation where China creates these diseases and it leaks, it does whatever to the population and spreads? Or is it done on purpose? China actually has a rule where I, I, they can only have, I think, you're only allowed one kid. They control their, they, they're trying to control their population. So who's to say they're not also trying to kill their population? It's not going to twist It's like China's your best friend from a human being sense. But, you know, I'm not worried about China and those people. I'm worried about America and our people. I'm just asking the question, could all of this be a situation where China is doing these things? You know, because you're hearing a lot of talk about UFO and aliens and and I'm not here to poo-poo on that and say that's not the case. I do think it's interesting that six, eight months ago, whatever, you started hearing a lot of talk about how, oh, the government admits that aliens are real. Or not aliens, but UFOs are real and UFO sightings are real. You get now all of a sudden these objects in the sky. <laughs> and I just can't. And now we have no problem shooting them down. It's like, mm, there's an object, shoot it down. And you're hearing all these stories of, well, there was something, but then there was nothing. And so it is weird what is going on. But if these UFOs are Chinese and we believe that this isn't new, could this be part of what's going on? Could this whole situation be a test for us, for our government? Could these things be spreading some sort of we just happen to be seeing these things now who's to say we we've haven't been dealing with we've never really been paying attention but now they're here or could it be extraterrestrial but it's a show for another day <laughs> so what i'm going to do here is go ahead and end this show i just want to say a couple things i meant to say before the show started guys please make sure you follow us on social media on don't tread on america on facebook instagram and tiktok and uh, if you want to follow the new show that we're doing on YouTube, that's Beards, Bourbon, and Banter. We also have a TikTok there where it's strictly drinks. And that is uh, Beards, Bourbon, and Banter on the Ticker Talker. And uh, check us out. Subscribe to all the shows. Whatever podcast app you're listening to this on, please subscribe to the show. That helps with the algorithm and getting us into the mix with other like-minded shows. So... Uh, I think that's it. I know I'm not as quite as energetic as I normally am because, like I said, I'm, I'm quite tired and I need to wrap this puppy up so I can um, go to bed because I'm tired. I'm, I'm really tired. So with that being said, guys, I'm really getting trying to get some stuff together for a show for Wednesday, and I have a feeling it's going to be a lot about the quote-unquote objects in the sky and uh, what are they, what's going on, are we being invaded, is this Independence Day? I don't know. Anyway. Uh, today is February 13, 2023. You guys have a great day. 
and I will talk to you again on Wednesday.